106.7 WTLC FM Greenwood, Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines Live. What's going on? From the Race Gilman Northeast Kia Studios on 106.7 WTLC. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the 106.7 WTLC and hot 100.9 studios on beautiful Monument Circle as the sunrise comes up on this Sunday, February 11th, 2024. It is the Sunday. It is the weekend before All-Star Weekend here in Indianapolis where all kinds of celebrities, stars, their friends... And everybody in the NBA is making their way to the Circle City if they're not already here uh, for a list of parties, games, dinners, the whole, the whole shebang is going down in Indy over the next week. We'll talk about some of that um, and much more. But we'll start the show this morning uh, catching up with one of our friends here of the show, Alexis Rogers, formerly of Wish TV. She told us she would stay in touch with us, and that is exactly what she's doing uh, with her nonprofit, Lisa's Girls. We'll tell you about the call to action that they need from you and what they are up to here during All-Star Week. Also, during All-Star Week, we'll tell you about uh, a couple different of events that you can go to. Chanel Poole join us toward uh, 8.20, 8.30 coming up. We'll find out what she's got going on as she's doing a number of events. It's a long list of things going on All-Star Weekend. And, of course, it is Black History Month. So later in the show, I am going to ask you to call us so we can find out what Black History you know here in Indianapolis about you about your family we won't know unless somebody tells us we'll do that uh, toward the back half of the shows we celebrate celebrate black history month here on open lines all right good morning to you glad to have you here with us uh as like i said as we get ready for all-star week enjoy the quiet now uh shout out to dpw i know some of them potholes have been getting y'all i've uh, been dodging them myself but hey that's what happens when you live in a cold city Like, I know everybody wants to complain about the potholes and yeah, we got company coming over. And so they've been out there, um, you know, getting downtown all together, getting the streets repaired, getting the potholes filled. Uh, It's not this is not an Indianapolis thing. Everybody goes crazy about potholes. It's because you live in a cold weather city and it went from being cold to 70 degrees in one day and all the potholes pop up at one time. So I say all that to say DPW could not get all the potholes before you wake up the day that the temperature breaks. The ground breaks first and the DPW is out there getting it as fast as they can. So shout out to every person who's picked up a shovel, jumped behind the wheel of a truck, uh, filled any type of hole here in Indianapolis. Everybody's complaining that you're not doing it fast enough, but they ain't picking up a shovel at all. So thank you because I'm not trying to pick up no shovels and fill no holes. Thank you very much uh, for all the hard work that you're doing to make Indianapolis look good and to save some tires uh, because uh, some of these holes should be paying rent because there's some big holes out there. All right. As we get ready for All-Star Week, uh, we check in with our friend Alexis Rogers, who uh, likes the cold so much. You know, she wanted to get some more cold and went further north uh, to not Indianapolis, but Minneapolis, where she's taken on a new role at the NBC station there as the community affairs 
anchor and noon anchor. She's finally up there with her husband, who was the sports director at that station. But she has not forgot about Indy and is leaving a legacy here through her program named after her mom, Lisa's Girls. We talked to Alexis uh, when she first came to Indianapolis. We talked to Alexis late last year when she departed from Indianapolis. But she is still here running her uh, nonprofit. And she joins us right now to catch us up. Alexis, good morning. Hi, good morning to you, man. We almost to All-Star Weekend. So excited. I know. It's a lot going on, and you guys are part of it. Uh, Yes. Thankfully, uh, because of Art House Balloon Company, which is a Black-owned company, so excited to partner with them. They are amazing. And we get a chance to be a part of the Paradise uh, Art House experience. It's an immersive balloon exhibit, and I'm so excited to chat with you all about it and introduce you to the owner and operator of it all. She's amazing. Well, the owner and operator, her name, owner and operator of it is what I'm trying to say. Her name is Rye Vaughn. She also joins us on our live line. Rye, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you both? Good, good. Thank you for being here and um, obviously helping my friend Alexis with her nonprofit. Tell us about your business and how this all came together. Sure. So my business is called Art House Balloon Company. Um, I have been a full-time balloon artist for four years at this point. Um, over the last year and a half, I've been traveling the world, participating in large-scale immersive balloon builds, and I have seen the impact that it has made, and I wanted to bring that here to Indianapolis. I ran into Alexis last year on All Indiana. We hit it off. She's an amazing person. Lisa Soros is an amazing organization. So we instantly knew we needed to partner together on this project. And so here we are uh, one day until kickoff of the build and a few days before kickoff of the experience. And we are so excited to be here with you. So you're doing, you will be on display here in Indianapolis at a, an important time with All-Star Weekend happening. What are you doing specifically this week? So this week we will be building all of the um, murals, structures, and really promoting the events uh, leading up to the weekend. This weekend we kick off on Friday with our VIP night. So we'll be doing a balloon fashion show in the art show, and that'll be everyone's first look into this balloon paradise that we've created. Saturday and Sunday, we kick off our community day and family day, which are all about catering to the families and the community that we serve um, and allowing them to experience the balloon paradise that we've built for them. So what exactly is a balloon paradise? So Balloon Paradise for me is an idyllic place that is created solely out of balloons. Um, So when you walk in there, everything you see will be made from balloons, from the trees to the walls to the waterfall. It is all comprised of balloons. And it's just a place designed to spread joy and cheer, um, especially in this cold, wintry time we're experiencing right now. So uh, obviously that's a lot of balloons. And I take it you're doing this with a machine unless you're going to tell me you're blowing up every balloon by yourself. Uh, thankfully, no. Um, all of our equipment has been sponsored by Premium Conlin, which is the top manufacturer for balloon inflation materials. They are backing us 100% on this project. Um, so thankfully, we do not have to blow them up by mouth because it is thousands of balloons <laughs> that we will be inflating over the next week. So obviously, from this experience, um, I mean, this this is a big one. You're doing something during All-Star. Where can people see this? Yeah, 
so they can visit us downtown inside of Circle Center Mall, making it really easy for them to transition from all-star activities into this activity and then back into all-star activities. We are located on the first floor of Circle Center, directly across from um, the Fieldhouse and next door to Principal Social. They can find out detailed information online at www.arthousebloomcompany.com slash paradise, or they can just come visit us Friday through Saturday at 49 West Maryland Street. And this sounds like a balloon paradise. Sounds like it would be something that you would also be helping people out with at birthday parties, at baby showers, et cetera. Yeah. So um, in our usual life, yes, we assist with all celebrations, from birth through death and every single thing in between. We assist with corporate events, um, private events, special events. We do a lot of sporting events, uh, things of that nature. So, Alexis, tell us how you all got connected because the proceeds that she's getting from people coming to look at her art, she's helping uh, fundraise for Lisa's Girls, right? Yes, and you know what's so cool about this? Because Ravon is so humble and let me just brag on her and art house real quick when i say this lady has traveled over the entire world building these just amazing immersive experiences and when she called me she was like alexis i'm actually going to do something that i've been doing all these other places right i think it was when you were in denver that time and you were like you know why don't we do something here yes and she was explaining it to me and i was like oh my goodness she was like you know i'm uh, Andy born and raised, like we need to have this in our hometown. And I said, oh my gosh, absolutely. You know, with her being a black owned, uh, woman owned business and, you know, us being a nonprofit that's for BIPOC women and girls, but unapologetically made and for black girls and women. You know, we were talking and, you know, Rye is very big on uh, mental health support and just resources for our girls and women, especially our black girls and women. And the more we talked, the more we were like, okay, wow, okay, this is good. Because, you know, we're intergenerational. We start at 10 years old. We go past 47. uh, And that's exactly what kind of experience this is. You can be new. You can be seasoned. It's for everyone. And truly, Indy has never seen something like this. And I just, I'm so excited and so proud that we get a chance to not only highlight Rise's amazing business, and amazing immersion experience but we also get to you know educate people on what we do and people get a chance to get back to our black and brown girls as well um as well as our women so i mean it just it was a match made in heaven and we are so thankful to art house balloons for thinking of us because i mean who doesn't like a really cool experience right so alexis for people who haven't heard about lisa's girls take us back And tell us what it is you guys do and why you're still working here in Indianapolis. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, Lisa's Girls is a life skills and leadership community for BIPOC girls and women. And we are so excited to recreate what intergenerational change looks like when it comes to leadership and empowering culturally diverse spaces. So we have a we're on an online community that is based out of Indianapolis. And we get a chance to have a really robust curriculum. We have a mentorship program. Uh, I'm so excited to continue to build. And it's been great. I mean, we've had some amazing girls and women coming through our program and connecting. And things like what Rise doing allows us to connect with even more. So this week during All-Star Week, uh, 
people supporting Rye uh, helps support Lisa's growth. So tell everybody how they book, can do both, accomplish both, support a black-owned business, but support uh, Lisa's Girls, which is helping young women. Uh, where do people listening right now go to support? All you have to do is buy a ticket. That's all you have to do. You go to arthouseballoon.com, you buy a ticket, you come. And the cool thing, which I thought was so cool of Rise, you buy one ticket and you get a chance to have access uh, more than once. So that's really great, too. And for those who can't come, but I do think you should come, you can always go to lisasgirls.com to donate. But we are so excited to be there, to be present and to support not only Rye, but all of our, you know, black and brown girls and women in Indy. We deserve it. And give us the website again that you just threw out and then also tell us where the exhibit physically is once more. Yes. So to buy tickets, you can go to arthouseballooncompany.com and there you can buy a ticket. Tickets range because of the experience, but it starts at $25. And it's right downtown Indianapolis at Circle Center Mall. And they'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all different times, which is great. And if you can't make it, feel free to make a donation to Lisa's Girls at lisasgirls.com. But we'd rather see you at the event. It's going to be really fun. <laughs> now, Alexis, as far as uh, Lisa's Girls goes, are you accepting uh, new girls to the program yet? Yes, girls and women. You know, the cool thing about what we do is a lot of the people who are in our community are from the ages of 25 to 38. So, you know, yes, we do start at 10 years old and we have programming starting at 10, but it was really important for us to get all generations of black and brown girls and women together because that's where true intergenerational change can happen. So, yes, all you got to do is go on our website, sign up with us, and we'll get you figured out. And what's cool is I'm even starting a leadership group here in Minneapolis to connect with our leadership group in Indy. And everybody's so excited. Everybody said, oh, my gosh, we love Indy, and we love the girls and women so far we've been able to connect with. So it's great. And how is Minneapolis treating you? Because we miss you. Oh, I miss you guys, too. You know what's so funny is that I – it's been great. God's been so good. <laughs> and I've been able to be in a position to make real change here, both as the community relations manager and as the new anchor. But, you know, I miss all Indiana. I miss all my all Indiana family, especially in – um, all those folks that I used to serve with all the time, I am so happy that I get a chance to come back and forth and still, you know, serve. I think I'm still actually going to be coming back into town a couple times this year to MC things and to serve. And so it's it's awesome. I mean, it's cool to wake up every day with my husband. We like that, don't mm -hmm. we? Um, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, it's been good, but man, do I miss Indy, and I miss our lovely community. So this things like this make it all the better. And Rye, how can people find you beyond uh, All Star Week? So you can find me online at www.arthousebloomcompany.com or if you're looking for a more fun way to experience us, you can always follow us on Instagram at, um, at symbol arthousebloomcompany LLC. Say that Instagram one more time because I know people are going to go look at that right now. Oh, they definitely should. It's a very fun place to be. It is <laughs> at symbol arthousebloomcompany LLC. All right. Ladies, thank you so much for what you're doing for Indianapolis. We're looking forward to you guys being a part of All-Star Weekend here in Indianapolis as we're getting a lot of visitors to come through town. I wish you both success, and thank you so much for starting your week right here on Open Lines. Oh, thank you. Be encouraged.
All right. Yes, I miss you saying that at the end of every newscast. Be encouraged. (laughs) All right. Still to come here on Open Lines, more of what is happening here in the Circle City. We're going to talk to Chanel Poole about one of the big events. She's got a couple of events that she is doing here in the Circle City. We'll tell you the details on where they are. And I'm told she's got some big surprises that are coming, but I'm emceeing one of the events, and I don't even know what the big deal is. But they said it's a really big deal, so you should be there. I'll tell you the details coming up here in just a moment. More open lines. Uh, Brandon, let's just do a quick three-minute break, and then we'll do another break coming up. All right, more open lines coming up next here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9. It's that there's too much to do that I can't even, there's no calendar of all these different things for me to tell you where to go. So I just tell you about the ones that people tell me to tell you about because it's actually overwhelming because there's a lot to do uh, in Indianapolis throughout the next seven days as we get um, All-Star in town. So you'll see uh, lots of celebrities and their friends and NBA players and uh, plenty of things for you to do at the game, NBA experiences, uh, lots of parties. I've seen stuff all, all across town. It's not just downtown. I saw something going on at uh, Dave and Buster's up on me up in Castleton. So uh, it's going to be jumping. And one of the places it's going to be jumping is anything that has to do uh, with a lady named Chanel Poole, because she's putting on several different events, one starting tomorrow and even some uh, next weekend. Chanel joins us on our live line right now. Good morning. Good morning, Cameron. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me this morning. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for letting us know what is going on. You're going to be busy. You've been busy. You're going to be busy uh, this week. Uh, 
for those of you who don't know uh, Chanel Poole, her work benefits her organization's Glam and Groom. We've talked about Glam before, but Chanel, tell us a little bit about Glam and tell us about Groom, and then we'll get into how people can support both of those organizations uh, by visiting uh, some locations during All-Star Week. Thank you, Cameron. I'm excited to share GLAM, Guidance, Life Skills, and Mentoring, is a nonprofit organization that was founded by myself 17 years ago as a sophomore at Indiana State University. The focus of the organization is a free program that focuses on self-esteem development, academic development, college prep, and professional development. It is a two-year commitment-based program, and we have served over 1,000 girls. In the last eight years, we have been working on our male component, which is called GROOM, Gentlemen's Resources, Outreach, Opportunities, and Mentoring. So GROOM is the male component of GLAM, which also focuses on young men ages 9 through 18, teaching guidance, life skills, and mentoring. How Now, when did you start GROOM? I started GROOM eight years ago. And so, obviously, glam is for the ladies, groom is for the guys. Absolutely. We've seen the need for groom because the work that we're teaching with our young ladies when it comes to guidance, life skills, and mentoring, it's, it's universal. So these are the same life skills and principles that our young men need. And when it comes to cultivating and teaching young men self-esteem, it's called grooming. So we thought it would be only best to name it groom. How can uh, people, before we get into All-Star Week, learn more about GLAM and learn more about GROOM? Absolutely. They can reach me by phone at 317-500-2800, or they also can reach us on our website, which is www.glamindy.org. So this week, you have uh, at least two events that I know of. Uh, that are helping and everything is going to go support those organizations so that you continue serving uh, young men and women here in central Indiana and Indianapolis. Tell us what you're doing tomorrow. Yeah, so we're excited, Cameron. Tomorrow is our second annual donor appreciation, and we really wanted to kick off the NBA All-Star Week on Monday by celebrating our local stars, our local leaders, the people who helped make Indianapolis great. So we will be providing about nine awards tomorrow to Deputy Mayor Judith Thomas, President Bob and Una Osley, Dr. Virginia Kane, Brian Payne, former president of CICF, uh, William Bill G. Mays, in memory of his legacy, uh, Cynthia and Larry Bates from the Jewel Center, our legendary organization and company, Piazza Produce, and our WNBA former Indiana Fever, Shira Eli Gash. And it's important that we kick this All-Star Week off by celebrating and giving flowers to the individuals who have made an impact in making the city so great. This is also one of our biggest fundraisers that we do annually. And so the proceeds will go to our new facility, which is located off of 2034 North Capitol, the former Indiana Federation of Color Women's Clubhouse, which will turn into a multi-purpose legacy center and venue hall, as well as a respite care facility. So that is, so everything just from, you got a lot that you're supporting just from Monday's event. 
Yes, yes. And we're really excited and we're honored that you will be hosting for us. Um, we have great partners and sponsors who have made this possible. Um, we have great funding partners, CICF, I, uh, Indianapolis Urban League, Indiana University Health, uh, Indiana Landmark, Lilly Endowment, and others. So we're really excited and grateful to kick off the week with just celebrating and giving honor and flowers to our leaders. So uh, Sunday, I mean, so tomorrow is the kickoff, but um, next Saturday there's an event that's happening in the thick of everything, and that's when that's when it's really going on. It is. Not only is Saturday All-Star Saturday, but it's actually my birthday. Happy early and birthday. So, thank you. And so we're going to make this impactful. The goal that we're doing on Saturday is that we want each and every individual to feel like the star that they are. So we will be the premier event of kicking off with an All-Star Brunch from 9 to 12 that is already sold out. So there's no more tickets and opportunities for that. We apologize, but we've gotten such great support. And then we'll have our gala at 6 p.m., which will be a sit-down seven-course meal. And then we'll kick it off with a great party, uh, special guests, including Raheem Devon. We have special NBA legends and icons that are coming. We don't want to give all the surprise, so you definitely need to get your tickets. Uh, we have legendary DJs from DJ Ready Rock, Naptown Prince, DJ Money, um, special complimentary cocktails and support with Tito's. It's just going to be a star-studded event. And we want to make sure that all of our guests get the opportunity to relax, to sit down, enjoy their meals, enjoy their beverages, enjoy good music, uh, sit in on the outdoor patio that is heated, located at the bit wheel. We, we really want to give them the elegance and the class that they deserve coming into Indianapolis and even for our local leaders and, and citizens here in Indianapolis to have a really good classy time. So in these different events, uh, there is an opportunity for the public to come, and that's how they're going to end up supporting Glam and Groom. Absolutely. We have our tickets on Eventbrite. We wanted to give a special um, because of Valentine's Day and just to spread the all-star love. So we have a two-for-one. If you buy a ticket for $75, you get a complimentary ticket to share with a friend, a guest, or a loved one. And so we want to make sure that everyone can come out, enjoy the stars, enjoy the music, enjoy the concert, eat a good meal, have some good beverages for $75 for two guests. The tickets is a limited time special that ends on Valentine's Day at 11 p.m. All right. Tell us one more time where you find those tickets. You can go to Eventbrite and look up Glam All-Star Brunch Awards and Gala, and you can get those tickets two for one for $75, meals included, um, and come and party with us at the Bitwill Event Center. You do not want to miss this. Well, and that's the event that you told me that there's something big or somebody important that you can't yes. talk about is going to be there. Yes, so Indianapolis, we have some special, iconic NBA legends that are going to join us for celebrity appearance and celebrate with us and kick off the weekend. And I also just want to give a big shout out to my birthday twin, Michael Jordan, whose birthday also will be celebrated on February the 17th. So just to give a hint, we'll be celebrating the city as a whole for MJ, but we also will have some of MJ's iconic friends 
who are going to stop by and surprise us, but we can't give any names just yet. Okay. All right. Enough said. Uh, Chanel Poole, uh, thank you so much for what you do for the city. And how can people find out more beyond this week, but about Glam and Groom? What's the website or number to call for that? Yes, our number is 317-500-2800, or they can reach us at www.glamindy.org, and that is G-L-A-M-I-N-D-Y.org. All right. Chanel Poole, thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you this week and everything that you have going on for All-Star Week. Good luck to you, and again, thank you for all that you do for the young men and women here in Central Indiana. Thank you, Cameron. Blessings to you. We appreciate you. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, still to come here on Open Lines, I want to encourage you to know your family's black history. We always kind of look for different stories of people to highlight, but sometimes it starts right literally in our own family, in our own house. But do you know your family's history? Uh, I'll introduce you to someone in mine who's made black history and encouraging you to do the same conversation in your family. Ask some questions while your folks are still here because there are some amazing things. As they say, we're losing recipes when we're not asking questions. So I need you to ask some questions. I'm going to ask some questions uh, here coming up. When we talk with my dad, uh, who made black history at the federal government level. I only know. I wouldn't know unless he told me so. Uh, I have questions. This is the same kind of conversation that you should have. And then we'll also invite you to tell us about any black history that we should know about in your family. Coming up when Open Lines continues here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9. Brandon, let's pay some bills. Back here on Open Lines on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC on this Black History Month Sunday, February 11, 2024. In this segment of the show, my goal is to inspire you to talk to your family about your own Black history. We celebrate everybody else's and the ones that we know about, but so much of it is right under our own nose and our own bloodline and our last name and our family. And so uh, talk to your family about your own history. I had this conversation with my grandfather who really, really enjoyed telling me all of the different things that I was asking about. Um, And, you know, we, we went way back into, well, how did we even end up in Indiana? If your folks are from, 
this state and on this side of the family, people were from Georgia and from Mississippi. How did we end up in Northwest Indiana? There's so much that you learn by just asking questions of your family members who um, want to tell you. That's why they have these photo albums. Nobody has a photo album anymore. And one of the things that my grandmother was saying um, was that it's hard to um, track what happens in your family because not everybody puts like an obituary in the newspaper anymore. And that was a big way that people kept track of what happened to their family members. So uh, you can't ask questions when folks are gone. So ask them while they're here. One of the people who is here is my dad, Mr. Carl Riddle, who's on our live line right now because he and I were having a conversation after I talked to my grandfather and I was asking him questions once upon a time about uh, our family and asking his mother, my grandmother, questions about uh, that side of the family. And then I got to remember that uh, my father is one of the uh, first air marshals period. One of the first federal air marshals, which pre 9-11, which I didn't really know, was not really a thing. Um, That was just something I learned just from that question, just from that question. And now I have more questions, but to answer more and encourage you to talk to your family. And of course, we're going to invite you to tell us about your family on our live line here in a moment is my dad, Mr. Riddle, Carl Riddle. Good morning, sir. Good morning, son. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Well, first, thank you for um, coming on the show, but obviously telling uh, me about uh, some of our own history, which I hope encourages people to do the same. So post 9-11, you spent many, many years, you're retired now um, from the federal government, but you spent many years um, flying on airplanes all around the world. But to most people, you look just like a normal passenger, but uh, really, you were a guy with a gun in his bag. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> so, but not only that, you were one of the first in the country to do that, because I think you told me before 9-11, the job you had didn't exist. Correct. Uh, as we know it now, federal marshals pre-9-11 were basically down to, consisted of about 12 individuals that we know of. So, uh, in the aftermath of uh, 9-11, um, Homeland Security was created and the Federal Air Marshal Service was a part of that. So what exactly, so how did you, how did you even decide that that was a job that you wanted to do? Like it, the job didn't really exist. How did you find, end up in that? True story. Mm-hmm. I worked, I worked for the Federal Bureau of Prisons and I worked double and I worked overtime and I came home and I thought I was watching a movie. But actually, it was uh, airplanes really going into the building. And at that point, they made the statement that there uh, were only five, 12 air marshals, if I'm correct. And at that point, uh, I found out that my supervisor uh, was becoming an air marshal. And uh, he was giving me my uh, evaluation on his last day, which I didn't think was accurate. Mm-hmm. I therefore went to the computer and I signed on to become an air marshal and I was selected to come to Atlantic City, New Jersey, along with thousands of other individuals. So and that was that was that two thousand one, two thousand two? That actually was two thousand two. Okay. And so you were one of so there were before you took this job, there were less there were a dozen that did rode on every airplane, there were a dozen people. 
Um, uh, that we know of. That we know of. Uh, can, can't verify exactly how many were still active at that time, but the Air Marshal Service, as we know, was created in 2002 under Homeland Security, and therefore uh, uh, the number of air marshals now is classified. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, being from Indiana, uh, I'm one of two African-Americans in that first wave uh, from uh, Indiana to become federal air marshals. So how long did you do that job? Uh, from 2002 to 2014. Okay. I retired. I'm definitely the first African-American from Indiana to retire from the federal air marshal service. That I do know. Um, and so that, I mean, that, that portion alone, like, I didn't know, like, I knew what you did when we were little, that you went on the airplanes and I knew you had a badge, but I didn't know the full scope of that. You know, you went all, you went all around the world, like literally. Yes, I did. The primary focus was to protect the uh, aviation industry and the passengers from threats of uh, terrorism. And so without getting into some classified information, what 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 is your what was your job when you're on that plane? I mean, because I know what I mean, name some of the places you went. I mean, you didn't just go from here to Chicago or to L.A., but you, you put on you got some miles. Well, I'm proud to say I, I did three million miles as an air marshal that included places like Hong Kong, Singapore, India. Uh, you name it. I basically have been there anywhere United States care year goes. So we, you, so you get on the plane. What, what is, what is that job without getting the feds to call you for talking too much? Well, I like to say if you, I'm, I'm similar to passenger 57. How's that? <laughs> so you were, I take it you were not allowed to sleep. Of course not. Um, and you're, watching like how did okay uh, i'm trying to figure out how to ask questions without asking too much but then you tell me if you just can't say that but did, okay. did the, do the flight does the flight crew because this is a very secret job do, does the flight crew know that you are there i won't say who knows that i'm there but someone knows that i'm there someone knows but not everybody on the flight crew knows correct okay um and you wore Normal clothes, obviously. Nothing. We had a funny part that uh, that we used to laugh about about federal air marshals. And one particular carrier is uh, Southwest Airlines. I'll give them a little shout out. And somebody who was in a position of authority with the air marshal service decided that it would be great to have a, people on airplanes on Saturday morning wearing suit and tie. Mm. Because that would stand out. You're correct. And I, I think someone came to their senses and uh, that was alleviated. So but that's one of the running, that's one of the running uh, jokes within the service there. So, excuse me. So uh, 846 this morning, we're talking black history in our own families. On the phone right now is my dad, Carl Riddle from uh, um, right here in Indiana, Michigan City, IU graduate, uh, Kappa. What else, Dad? Uh, first uh, African-American uh, case manager for the Indiana Department 
of corrections at Westville Correctional Center. And now this is uh, now you and mom met where? See, these are the questions that people need to ask. This, mm-hmm. I'm throwing these questions out. So when you see your, your mom and your dad and your grandfather ask, where did y'all meet? The Westville Correctional Center. We both were employed by the Indiana Department of Corrections. Yeah, let's point out that y'all both were employed there. <laughs> so so my parents met in prison is what you're telling me. You could say that. Okay, but they were employees there. Yes. Okay. Uh, and, and what year was that? Oh, this is 19... Oh, that's... You're taking me back, son. Oh, this is... Uh... In the 80s, I'll say like that. Okay, it was in the 80s. All right, I was born in the early 90s, so all right. Well, yeah. sometime in the 80s. All right, yeah. 317, 317 317-634-1075. I want you to have this conversation. We talk about black history. You know, there are states that don't even want to uh, have black history in their own uh, books and school boards trying to make sure that we aren't talking about, about black history uh, in the classroom. So we can't wait on them to do this. This is a conversation that you need to have with your family. Next time you see them, ask some questions. How do we get to Indiana? How do we do this? X, Y, and Z. These are the questions you need to ask, but I also want to know from you out there who is listening and people are calling in. So we'll go to the phones here, uh, in a second, daddy, stay on the phone with us. Uh, but tell us black history that we need to know about people from right here in Indianapolis that aren't in the history books or that we need to know about. Let me start on the phones until we go off the air here at uh, nine o'clock. Let's do caller online. Who's been waiting longest caller online. One's been there the longest caller. Good morning. You're live on open lines. Who's this? Greetings, Cameron. How are you today? I'm good, Paul. How are you? Oh, I'm well. Greetings to your dad and everybody that's listening. And I wanted to say to your dad, great job. Um, And this, also shows the importance of a man being in the house. Uh, Cameron's a good example. Uh, so congratulations, guys. Uh, you did Thank a wonderful you. job. Uh, you and your Thank wife. you very much. Uh, and so let me move on. Um, my granddad was a poet. Unfortunately, uh, none of his material was, was uh, published, but we're working on that right now. And that's probably why I'm an author. Uh, and I mean published author, Library of Congress, et cetera. Uh, but except my writings are a little bit different and this being black history month and I'm, I'm a, I'm a true studier of history, the true history. And since I've been alive, I'm 64 and we've been called black African-American, uh, so on and so forth. And so let me put this fact out there, uh, in the beginning, when they started this color thing, the Caucasians were called black people. And I'm going to move on from there and to say that in our black history that we need to start facing some hard truths in order for us to move forward as a not only as a community, but as a family. Uh, And again, like I said, the truth is really hurting folks that benefit from the lies and the deceptions and the deceit that we live under with this government. And we need to start. Uh, being a little more strong, a little more oriented, 
and not to continue to accept the things that are placed up on us because nobody's never said, well, I'm not an African-American or I'm not a Negro or I'm not a nigger. Or, I'm not I'm not this and that. And but yet and still we claim in Black History Month and all these different types of things. I just want I just want us for to be as black people or people of color to be as strong. And, and then again, let me use Cameron's family to be as strong to show you what can really happen when we stick together. And again, like I said, there's a lot of things about our families that we don't know, and it is relevant that some of the things that we do are because of our uh, parents and mm-hmm. because of our parents and different things. And family is just important, guys. Right. And, and, and I just, like I said, um, I appreciate Cameron, the fact that he does uh, allow his family, not allow, but has his family to participate to show us not as an example, but what the family example is in a black community. So thank you guys. Everybody have a wonderful day. And I'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you, Paul. 317-634-1075. 317-634-1075. This is your opportunity. Tell us about your black history in your family that we probably don't know about or we don't know about and we should know about. 317-634-1075. 317-634-1075. Let's go to the next call. On line three. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Good morning, Brother Cameron, Brother MOTF here, and thank you for taking my call. Uh, Paul said some good salient points there. My dad was the first uh, black uh, engineering graduate from Roosevelt University mm-hmm. in 1966, sent by Bethlehem Steel in Chicago, Illinois. And my mother was part of the first class of African-American women to graduate law school at DePaul University in Chicago, Illinois, uh, way back. (laughs) My granddad was one of the first black roadmasters. If anybody doesn't know what a roadmaster is, your dad probably knows. But if anybody doesn't know what a roadmaster is, that's actually the man who runs the the, uh, gang on the railroad. He actually has a whole section, maybe let's say from here to Lafayette, he would run that whole section of the whole gang and keep everything in line. And my granddad, back when they first started in the 70s, having to open those jobs up, he was given one of those jobs on Burlington Northern Santa Fe down in Alabama. So uh, we've got a lot of rich history we've got to deal with. I just wanted to ask your dad one question. Flown a lot in the last few years. I'm sure he's seen the, the amount of uh, videos. Maybe he hasn't because uh, my mother's not a, uh, a social media watcher. Even though she's very educated, she doesn't care for it. But maybe he's seen it considering his job. All the attacks and all the fighting and all the violence on planes. Every time I get on, it's like i got to watch everything. I'm trying to see who's this and that. and you know, I, I, I don't, I'm trying to see if I need to sit in the back or in the front, depending on price you, that determines. But it's just, is that disturbing to him? And it seemed like that didn't happen much, definitely after 9-11. And uh, is there a way that that can be maybe remedied from from the Homeland Security or from an air marshal standpoint? Because it seems to be getting totally out of control with the behavior of people on planes to where we just had a guy open the door mm-hmm. on the tarmac and jump out on the wing. I think that may have been in Chicago where that happened. It's, it's just ridiculous, and it makes you as a flyer really have to – just look at the whole situation and, and gather and see, dog, who's going to lose it on these planes nowadays? And I'll listen to his great expertise off the air. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you. Uh, well, son, to answer uh, the gentleman's question, first and foremost, the flight attendants are well-trained in handling emergency situations. And also, 
for those who do find themselves uh, misbehaving or having an episode. If it's of ill will, then there are consequences and repercussions um, that are levied by the appropriate uh, jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So there is, uh, it's, you will pay the price uh, to the extent of uh, your actions, that price will be determined at some point. But did it happen? I mean, we're seeing it now because everybody has a cell phone. Uh, and, and in the years, you know, immediately after 9-11, everybody didn't have, you might have had a cell phone, but not, you know, an iPhone and an Android that can record every single thing. Are these things happening more or were they happening in your time and we just didn't hear about it? Uh, they were happening. However, uh, I would say that the, the public was, um, the alert was heightened, if you will. Uh, and sometimes, as uh, I say, the air marshal's primary uh, purpose was to make sure that that, pl- that plane did not suffer any consequences. And I'm proud to say that uh, over the past, since 9-11, which is probably about 23 years approximately, or headed toward that way, that there was only one incident uh, that resulted in death. Uh, so thanks to the uh, professionalism of the uh, airline crews, I'm very confident, and I still fly today, uh, that situations are handled in a manner that's appropriate. A couple minutes left here in the show before we sign off here at 9 o'clock. Let me go to another caller on line four. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Yep. Hi, Cameron. Hey, my dad came up here in 1920, right? When he was uh, 15 years old, he left a plantation in Murfreesboro, North Carolina. We came up here, and he worked in Whiteland, Indiana, at Hoagland's Farms. They raised world-class horses, you know, like the show horses and stuff like that there. Well, he thoroughly learned his craft, and he went back to Virginia and worked for McLean Stables, another world-class stable. And uh, that's where he met my mom. And then in 1956... We came back to uh, Indianapolis, and we uh, broke down in front of Christ's temple. And Bishop Lee, I remember this. I was I was three months old. I don't know how I remembered, but I remember his con- uh, with his uh, canary yellow Lincoln with the rear view window that went down. Right, I was sitting in the back, and the first thing he asked my dad, "What can you do?" And Dad had that uh, resume because he knew how to operate heavy equipment. And he knew how to uh, do cleaning services. And within two years, we had a business. And he actually uh, cleaned all the Walt supermarkets, associate loan company, a couple of post offices. But he was a real businessman. And that's where I got some of my business intake from. But he always told me, Larry, in business, there's no favors. There's only mutual agreements. So people need to understand that. But that's part of my history. My mom was a Amazon, too. All right. Well, thank you, Larry. We got a couple minutes left in the show. Let me get jump to another call. Thank you for the call. 317-634-1075. Getting ready to wrap up the show here. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Yes, thank you. Good morning, Cameron. Good morning. Who's this? Yes, I'm, I'm, this is Frank. Uh, yeah, I was the first black electrician on the on the, on the the New York Central Railroad. Ah. Ooh. And, um. Diesel electrician, mm-hmm. and uh, and so when I came out of this out of the South Tennessee, and my daddy was a sharecropper, and um, 
And so I made it to Indiana in uh, 60, uh, 63. And, um, and I was hard in on the railroad as a laborer, New York Central Railroad. And, uh, and after that, uh, then I got promoted uh, as an electrician. Then uh, they denied me on that. Uh, the union did, and uh, well, not the union, but the, <laughs> I didn't tell them about it. the racism. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what caused that part of it. Mm-hmm. Then, um, then I then I was a uh, then I I was a I was a machinist at the same railroad, and uh, I got that position. Then they called me in the office and asked me a question that I wanted to be an electrician or a machinist. So I took the electrician. So when I went on from there, and then uh, and as the time went on, uh, they they got to knowing me, but they didn't know me then because at that during them time, mm-hmm. blacks blacks was not in those positions, and uh, the engineers and the crews and stuff like that. All of that, it, it, they didn't know because they had never seen a black electrician before. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was all. It was all white, and um, and so, but they did get to know me who I was, and so I just want to put that out there that uh, you can make it if you want to. Well, Frank, I'm glad you called in because that's the you're right at the end of the show. But I'm glad you called in because it points out uh, that how many firsts we have that have happened in this lifetime. Frank, you, Frank, thank you for calling and thank you uh, for your service. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, that just goes to show that you know a lot of people think, oh, that happened. Uh, long ago, that happened before my time. No, it happened in your time, maybe when you were little, but in your lifetime. And so with that, uh, we need to start asking questions about uh, our family. Where Where's our family? Where'd they come from? How did we get here? Ask those questions. And so we end the show uh, on that note. We'll have to do some more of this uh, throughout Black History Month to talk about uh, our own families and what's happening here in Indy. Dad, thank you for calling in. Appreciate you, sir. I appreciate listening to your show every uh, Sunday, and I'm glad that you are uh, speaking about issues that we all need to know about. Thank you very much. Thank you, and I love you. I love you, too. All right, still to come here on the radio, Al Sharpton getting ready to take over the airwaves on 106.7, and Brandon taking over on 100.9. It is All-Star Week. Again, thank you to DPW for fixing up the house as we have company coming into town this week. We will see you for All-Star Week. Be safe, have fun. I'll see you tomorrow morning starting at 5 a.m. on CBS4 and at 4 a.m. on Fox 59. We're back same time, same station next Sunday, live at 8.